0: Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We uh, got a text here from Bruce. He says, "Reed, I think you're getting off topic tonight. Number one, this is a metal show, so no more Nick Kershaw. To make amends, come back from break with the Killer Dwarfs. Keep that spirit alive. Can we find that for next time, Kellen? Sure. I have no idea who the Killer Dwarves are. Well, check the uh, text line. You'll see how Bruce wrote it out. All right. All right, you can always text 630-630. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, Oilers back at it Friday and Saturday. We'll have both games for you, and then they're into their bye week. Playoff hopes are bleak, but I guess we're in... You never know. That's about the most positive thing you can say. You never know. I do know this. Quick card Edmonton Minor Hockey Week is starting right away. Chairperson is Joan Carrillo. Joan, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing?
3: Good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for making time for me tonight because I know there was uh, an event kicking off Quick Card Edmonton Minor Hockey Week tonight at the uh, downtown community rink, but uh, obviously uh, I couldn't be there. How, how did th- how did things go? What's uh, What's happening down there?
3: Well, what's happening right now is the uh, alumni are playing the media, but unfortunately the media are sort of having a hard time right now, but it's a really, really good game.
0: Well, imagine that. People who work in the media aren't good athletes. I, I never would have saw it coming. Uh, is, it, is it Friday already? We're starting here. What are we looking at for the, uh, for the dates and the participation levels?
3: Uh, we are starting on Friday. The tournament opens on Friday. It's for 10 days. The finals are the following weekend on the 20th and 21st at all four Williger Arenas, so for all the finals.
0: It, uh, did you guys name those Wayne Gretzky Award winners already, or is that later on?
3: No, you know what? We actually just awarded the Wayne Gretzky Awards. Um, so they have just about 10 minutes ago received their awards, and they're just doing interviews with a lot of people. Okay. Great three people.
0: You're going to have to get uh, Marvin to send me some information because I usually get at least one of those uh, kids on, and they're always really good stories. So, yeah, we'll maybe try to profile one of them. Uh, Joan, in terms of your, your involvement, um, you know, the, the, the energy you get and probably the, the joy you get, I don't think I'm, I'm exaggerating there, by just being involved. Tell me a little bit about what this means to you personally.
3: Well, you know what? I haven't had anybody in the hockey program for a lot of years. Probably more than I want to say. And and our whole committee that runs the Quick Card Edmonton Minor Hockey Tournament do not have kids in the program. This is something that we all do once all of our kids have retired from playing community hockey. So it is so thrilling to go out and watch the competition and watch all the kids. It, they just seem to be having so much fun out there.
0: How many volunteers are we looking at overall when you get into, you you know, everybody, all the scorekeepers and stats people, all that kind of stuff?
3: You know what? We're just over 3,000 volunteers for this tournament. It's, you know, 837 games in 10 days. We have 587 teams participating. We have, you know, all the refs volunteering and donating all their time to this tournament. And so the 3,000 volunteers, I mean, we have arena managers, we have scorekeepers, timekeepers, you know, checkers, and oh, it just goes on and on and on. It's just a fantastic tournament, but it's Edmonton, and the volunteers in Edmonton are the best.
0: Well, that's true for sure, And and Quick Card remains involved. This is quite a long time for them, isn't it?
3: It is. It's the 28th year that Mr. Best has been our major sponsor. He's such a good community supporter. We couldn't, again, another company that we couldn't do this tournament without. It's just so special.
0: All right. So is the, I just want to make sure I got the right website. Uh, website QuickCardMinorHockey.com, and it's quick without the C?
3: Yes, that's exactly true. So Q-U-I-K, card.
0: Okay. Now, and we should emphasize, too, because you mentioned uh, over 800 games going on over 10 days. If people want to watch, like, you can just check the schedule or go to your nearest rink. You don't have to pay, right? Like, you just walk in and sit down.
3: Actually, you do have to pay. Oh, you do this. have to the pay. Only, th- this is the only time. We sell buttons for $5. Oh, that's what it is. And okay. And the buttons can get you into all 837 games. Okay. So, <laughs>
0: so so it's a pretty good deal. It is a it's really a good to do
3: the math.
0: <laughs> limited investment. Okay.
3: Yeah. Um, and but seniors and under 18 are free. So
0: Okay perfect well joan thanks for checking in tonight i i know it just all kicked off uh at the arena so it's too bad i couldn't be there uh for this one because i i'm usually able to attend when you guys have it in the afternoon but we'll uh, do more stuff on it next week hopefully i can talk to at least one of the wayne gretzky award winners and thank you so much for weighing in tonight such a great event and good for you for being the chairperson this year
3: well great thank you so much reed and yeah we'll get those names to you for the wayne gretzky award
0: Right on. That is Joan Carrillo checking in, the uh, chairperson for Quick Card Edmonton Minor Hockey Week starts Friday, and uh, yeah, you heard it there: 587 teams, 837 games, over 3,000 volunteers. That is a, a big one, and always a fun week for everybody involved in minor hockey here in Edmonton. So, QuickCardMinorHockey.com. Quick is spelled Q-U-I-K. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick timeout. We will keep you updated on the scoreboard. We're going to go a little deeper into some massive WHL activity. First of all, we'll bring Stuart Skinner on the show. He's an Edmonton kid. He's an Edmonton Oilers draft pick. He was traded yesterday from Lethbridge to Swift Current in a really big trade. And there were some other big names on the move as well. Cam Moon from the Red Deer Rebels broadcast booth will help us break down what happened and where the power now lies in the WHL. I I think you already knew that most of it was lying with the Saskatchewan teams. Uh, Those teams might be even better now. That's all ahead. Inside Sports on Chet.
2: This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio,
1: 630 Ched.
4: Now what is this, Kelly? This was the request.
0: Keep the spirit alive by the current wars. I yeah. like it. You found it. It's pretty good. Really good. What did it say? What year it came out? 1986. Oh, wow. I don't think I remember this one. Ontario group, so probably Canadian. Pretty good. I hope they're not using extreme profanity the whole time underneath our talking. I've, I've checked the lyrics. We're good. Oh, yeah, you actually looked up the lyrics? What? Oh, yeah. You're a thorough co-worker, Kellen Kennedy. Well, we're going to have to add this one to our rotation of songs. Throw the link in there. It's been done already. Oh, you're I'm a, a genius. one step ahead of you. Nice. All right. Well, we've expanded our musical horizons tonight. Thank Today you, Bruce. is officially a success. Right on. Well sorry, what did you say before that? Thank you, Bruce. Yeah, well yeah, absolutely. Bruce texted that in. Thanks, yeah, thanks. I should have mentioned that. Bruce, good stuff. We may still play Nick Kershaw every once in a while. That's a pretty funky tune. Don't you think?
2: I love his glowing suit. That's where can you I get a always, glowing suit? I,
0: I always liked wouldn't it be good when I was a kid. I because hmm. I, I, when I was younger, before I you know, I got into the uh, the more rock stuff like Leopard and everything. Yeah, like some of the. Po- you know what one of my favorite songs this day, to this day is from the 1980s? and Jan f- Hammer. Favorite videos? Jan Hammer. It, no, it's oh, okay. uh, You Might Think by the Cars. Oh, okay. That's a good I recently one. showed that video to Morgan Black, who works in our newsroom and is half my age. Uh, but yeah. I got talking about 80s music one day. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll email you a link to some videos every once in a while. So I sent her that one. She's like, that's a good song. That's a good video. She's like, that's my favorite one of all the ones I've sent her.
2: The album just before that was one of my favorite albums of all time. Is I've, the Candy O? I think it is. I think they call it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. As, Heart, as Heartbeat City had, you might
0: think. That's right. And yeah. Drive, I believe, and Magic were those? The, were those yeah. the three singles off Heartbeat City? Man, I have to go back and look. I'm pretty sure Mutt Lang produced that. They they were a very underrated band for what they were in the '80s. The cars were amazing. All right, it is Inside Sports, everybody. If you uh, listen at all. You know, we do often discuss, uh, especially 80s rock with a focus on Def Leppard. Sometimes we get into Star Wars. Uh, And if you're listening for the first time, Don't worry. We'll we'll touch on those topics more down the road. I can't tell you this bit of a a sad note, but I did want to bring it up. Bob Bailey has passed away at the age of 75. I think some baseball fans are going to remember that name. He was an original Montreal Expo. He got the team's first base hit back in 1969. 951 games, seven seasons with the Expos. Uh, Best year was uh, 1970, 28 home runs. So the Expos were playing their first game April 8th, 1969, visiting the Mets, got the team's first hit off Tom Seaver in the first inning, 2-4 for in that game, as the Expos won it 11-10. Bob Bailey passing away at the age of 75. That trade in the NHL this afternoon, to Chicago, Anthony Duclair and Adam Clendenning, to Arizona, Richard Panic and Laurent Dauphin. All right, lots of trades in the Western Hockey League, including... One that sent a couple of uh, Edmonton kids from Lethbridge to Swift Current, Giorgio Estefan and goaltender Stuart Skinner, along with another player, going to Swift for four players and three draft picks. Pretty big deal as Swift tries to make a run here, really tough in Saskatchewan this season, and Stuart Skinner, Goaltender drafted in the third round by the Oilers in 2017, a centerpiece of that deal, and he joins us now. Stuart, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good yourself. I'm doing very well. How was practice with the Swift Current Broncos today?
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a really exciting day for me. It's been a pretty uh, hectic 24 hours, but um, got in last night, got moved into my new belt and uh, today I got on the ice with the guys. So it was a. Uh, I thought it was a really great practice. Um, uh, lots of compete on the ice, and at the end, had some fun. So it's been, uh, you know, it's been a pretty crazy, uh, crazy twenty-four hours. But I've, uh, I'm having tons of fun here as a Swift Current Bronco. Did you think something was going to happen before the deadline? Was there any indication from from the Hurricanes that they might move you? Um, down below, like around the room and stuff, I heard rumors that I might be uh, getting traded. I might be getting moved to. Swift Current, um, but it, upstairs, I was talking to a couple of guys upstairs, um, you know, Peter Anholt and a couple of guys up there, and uh, I heard that I might not be moving and that um, there's a good chance that I won't be getting traded. So it was kind of up in the air. I didn't really um, have that much of a clue of what was going on, so I was just kind of waiting for the moment and just living in the moment. And, and then I got, the call, uh, I got the call from Peter Anholt saying that I got traded to Swift Current, so um yeah it was uh, it was a pretty exciting moment that i was uh you know going to be on a team like swift current so i'm really excited to be here well obviously
0: they're having a great year and it's it's pretty competitive with the saskatchewan teams there how do you look at this uh, i mean obviously if they make a deal for you at this time of year uh I, I think they think pretty highly of you and the expectations are high how do you deal with those expectations
2: yeah, I mean, I know I've dealt with a lot of expectations in my life before. I mean, um, I've kind gone of gone around the league and knowing my expectations of being a high, uh, high goaltender. So um, I, I've had to deal with that pressure before, and I think that with more pressure on me, I think that I play better with. So um, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, I'm not really worried about the expectations. I'm just here to play hockey and have a ton of fun and uh, see what happens. And, um, you know, I'm really excited to, uh, to get started here.
0: Stuart Skinner joining us on Inside Sports, Edmonton Oilers draft pick and, of course, part of a big trade in the WHL yesterday going from Lethbridge to Swift Current. So uh, g- assess your own goaltending performance this season. How do you feel you've been playing?
2: Yeah, I think I've been playing really well, actually. Um, the numbers might not show it, but I think that uh, I think that numbers is kind of a team game. I, I know that there's uh, six guys on the ice at all times, uh, usually, unless we're on the PK, so... I think numbers is just a team game. Um, you know, there's uh, multiple examples of when I've been on a good team and my numbers show and then on uh, times where the team goes through a little adversity and the, and the numbers show there too. So um, I'm not really too worried about the numbers, but um, I think I've been really uh, strong in my, in my game. I think I've been playing really well. Uh, I think that I'm a structured goaltender and uh, I'm a very competitive goaltender. So in any and every situation, uh, the teams can count on me to compete and battle for the guys.
0: I know you went to the World Junior summer showcase. You didn't get the call for the, the tournament ultimately in the end though that's a, a there's only a couple of guys that make that cut. Um, but just tell me the value of that experience at the summer showcase. Did anything from that carry over into the season for you?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of it uh, well I think off the ice more so I got uh, a lot out of it. I think uh, on the ice is just always hockey and you know a very uh, competitive hockey uh, summer camp. I uh, got a lot from the games too but I think that the most that I got out of it was just the professionalism that uh, guys bring there I think uh, you know being around team Canada guys being around all the guys that played in the world juniors and won gold I think I think that uh, there's a lot of showing of just professionalism and you know, making sure that they're working really hard every day every day and every day out off the ice on the ice and uh, I learned a lot from that from the mental side and um, you know when it comes to uh, you know having fun they're always there having fun and having a good time but when it comes down to it, they're uh, professional and they're hard workers on my So I think uh, I learned a lot from
0: them. All right, so you're joining the Swift Current team. Uh, you, you obviously go there with Estevan, who's uh, an Edmonton kid. you got Sissons from Edmonton, uh, Gennaro's from St. Albert, your coach and GM uh, originally from Edmonton. You guys got a little bit of Edmonton East
2: going there in Swift, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. I guess uh, I guess I'm doing a good job bringing up the guys from, uh, from Edmonton. Uh, g- give me a sense
0: of uh, obviously, I know you're very focused on the WHL, but just your, your contact with uh, anybody from the Oilers organization as uh, as they keep an eye on you and, and maybe try to help you out if, if needed. Is there a lot of that right now or, or not quite yet?
2: Uh, there's a little bit of it, definitely. Uh, I mean, they, they're always taking care of me. They're always making sure that I'm in the right place. Um, you know, surrounding myself around the right people and uh, getting the getting the teaching lessons that I need to be taught. So, um, I've been talking to uh, Sly from uh, the Condors, and obviously talking to Dustin Schwartz, the goalie coach for Hamilton, and uh, talking to a lot of guys from the you know from the general manager uh, point. And uh, you know, it's been. It's been really good. I know that um, Manny's talked to Edmonton before the trade and just kind of talked to them about it. And Edmonton was really excited for me to, you know, come down to Swift Current and have the opportunity to do something really special this year. So they've definitely been in contact, making sure that uh, I'm in the right place. And uh, surrounding myself around the pe- uh, around the right people, so they're taking uh, really really good care of me. You, you probably
0: haven't been around Swift much yet, but I I believe it's the smallest market in uh, in the WHL. Did you get a sense that being a Bronco might be uh, a little different than it might be playing in other communities?
2: Oh yeah, I think I think it's uh, I think it's definitely different. Um, obviously, um. Obviously, it's a little different from you know where I was too in Left I think that uh, you know Swift's a little smaller town, but I think that the fans here are incredibly passionate, and um, you know I'm excited to play for the fans in here. And uh, I know I've heard, especially from the guys in the room, and I've played in front of the fans too. Uh, it, it gets super loud in here, and it gets it, it's a lot of fun to play here. So um, I knew that from being the opposing team. So um, you know I, I'm I'm super excited. It gives me chills uh, wondering what it's going to be like being uh, being on Swift Current. So. Um, uh, it, uh, it, it's it's going to be unbelievable and I'm I'm so happy to be a part of it.
0: Stuart, I know you're going to make the most of it. I know it's been a busy day for you, so thanks a lot for fitness in here on 630 Chet. Hope we can talk again soon. All the best. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. You too. Great stuff. Stuart Skinner, quite an arms race in the Western Hockey League. We'll break it down with Cam Moon when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet.
4: This is Mark Latestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio
1: 630 Channel.
0: Next Oilers game is Friday at Arizona. We'll have it for you. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. Edmonton's furnace replacement experts call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Face-off show will be at 5.30. The game will start at 7. The Oilers have, an, obviously, a tough year with a record of 18-23-3. Arizona having an even tougher year. They are 10-27-6. The two teams have met once, This season, Edmonton won in overtime. Arizona will be coming off its bye week. Edmonton will be playing game four of a five-game road trip. Mentioned uh, a pretty busy couple of days in the Western Hockey League. We just talked to Stuart Stuart Skinner, Oiler's goaltending prospect, who was traded from Lethbridge to Swift Current as uh, the Broncos try to load up to make a run at it, though I don't think they're the only team falling into that category. Really interesting times in the WHL. We're going to bring on Cam Moon from the Red Deer Rebels broadcasting booth. Hey, Cam, thanks for joining us tonight, man. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. You know what, Cam? I I don't cover the WHL firsthand like you do, so I don't pretend to be as schooled in the goings-on and the history, Um, but I kind of seem to feel like I can't remember... A couple of days at the trade deadline uh, with deals of this magnitude how do you categorize it?
1: I would say that's accurate I can't remember a year where there were this many teams that thought they had a legitimate shot of winning it all and I think that is what has made this as busy of a week I would have to say because really there's been trades here going for a week all leading up to today. There were some big ones today for sure, but you know, a huge one yesterday and some big ones before that too. Because there were so many teams that thought they have legitimate shots, it, it definitely made it a seller's market because the teams that were unloading older established players would have multiple teams bidding on them. And as a result, I mean some of the prices were were through the roof, which was good for the teams that were moving guys. But, right. Hey, that's that's how it goes. But yeah, I, I can't remember a, a time where we've had the magnitude of the deals that we've
0: had. Okay. So Cale Clegg, great defenseman uh, from Lloyd Minster, as you know, I know his dad, because his dad played for the border Kings when I was covering Alan cup stuff. He goes from Brandon to Moose Jaw for two players and three draft picks. Uh, I talked about the uh, trade involving uh Stuart Skinner. So that's going to swift current. Uh, Regina gets uh, Aaron Hyman. They got Cameron Hebig, the Oilers signee from Saskatoon. A L- lot, of, lot of Saskatchewan stuff going on, a lot of Saskatchewan teams uh, adding. Is is that where you think the, the power is here?
1: Oh, in the Eastern Conference, it most certainly is. The, and it goes in cycles, uh, for sure. And for years, the Central Division, which are all the Alberta teams plus Kootenai, for years, the Alberta division was uh, was the strongest. But now the east, the power is definitely in the east. The Moose Jaw Warriors, they got the they're the top team right now in the WHL as far as the standings go. With what the Swift Current Broncos have done, they're right on par with the Moose Jaw Warriors. The Regina Pats are hosting the Mastercard Memorial Cup this year. So they had to load up, which they did. The Prince Albert Raiders, who were in last place, but still not far out, they added some guys too. Saskatoon they, they moved some out, but they moved some in. But, the, you know, last Bridge and, and Red Deer definitely were moving guys out. The Oil Kings, they moved out David Kosh today, but that was it. It's, uh, Calgary Hitman, they moved out a whole pile. They got, you know, Beck Malenstein and Mateo Gennaro went to the Swift Current Broncos quite a while ago. And then Jake Bean recently went to the Tri-City Americans. So they've brought in a bunch of younger players and draft picks. So the Calgary Hitmen were certainly in a sell mode. Uh, it's it's yeah the the power out in the Eastern Conference is the East Division for sure. So the Saskatchewan teams and uh, well the Brandon Wheat Kings were actually unloading, even though they got a pretty good team. Right. And and out west, it's definitely in the U.S. The Portland Winterhawks they got. Uh, Dennis Chelowski, he, he's a defenseman from the Prince George Cougars, who's a first-round pick of the Detroit Red Wings. That was a pretty major deal for the Tri-City Americans. And the Everett Silvertips, who have Carter Hart, who's from Sherwood Park, and of course with Team Canada won the gold medal. They added uh, a couple of guys from the Kamloops Blazers uh, not that long ago. Uh, they uh, they uh, Garrett Pilon, uh, the forward, along with uh, Vala, the uh, defenseman, the European defenseman. So, those teams were were looking to get better. Obviously, the Tri-City Americans getting Jake Bean uh, from the Calgary Hitmen, Carolina Hurricane draft pick, and uh, played with Team Canada at the World Juniors. The Tri-City Americans loaded up, too. So, like, that American, the U.S. division is, like, there's I don't know which team's the best out of all of that, but there's a whole pile that are are extremely good with the Everett, Portland, Tri-City. You can't rule out uh, the Spokane Chiefs, uh, Kyler Yamamoto, the uh, Edmonton Oilers first rounder. I mean, they got a really good club too. Like, wow, it's just been absolutely crazy the last couple of days. I can't wait till the playoffs get going because I think it's going to be uh, amazing. And the way the playoff system is now, if you look at the East, I, the likelihood of Moose Jaw and Swift Current playing in the second round is, is pretty high. Right. I, I, you know, I like their chances of winning their first round series, but the way the, the setup is, which is exactly like the NHL with the three teams from each division and the two wild cards and out east the two wild cards will definitely be from the east division uh it's going to set up for an incredible second round
0: yeah well Regina's not doing that great considering they host so I wonder how how much better they're going to get another thing that struck me Cam I mean you mentioned that Dennis Chalowski trades and he he and Ty Taylor go from Prince George to Portland Portland gave up two players and five draft picks in the Bantam Draft over the next three off-seasons. Like, that to, that, that to me seems pretty... I, I know it's not entirely unusual, but I, it seems to me there was more draft picks being flipped around as well.
1: Yeah, it's almost like the WHL starting to look a bit more like the Ontario Hockey League when they start throwing the, those things around. You know, it's, there was a lot of picks that, that changed over the last few days, and... Yeah, like Prince George, they acquired a ton of picks there, and they got a couple of decent young players in that deal too. Uh, the Winter Hawks—they w- they wanted some depth on defense. They got it for sure. Chalowski is really good. He went to the Team Canada training camp. He got cut from Team Canada at the World Juniors, but that doesn't mean he's really good. He is really good. Right? Uh, yeah, that's those teams. Like, uh, there are so many. Good clubs right now in the WHL. And the, the Regina Pats, I most certainly think, did get better. Uh, they add Cameron Hebig, the Edmonton Oiler prospect, who is one of the best 20-year-olds in the WHL. They added Libor Hayek, who is the Tampa Bay Lightning draft pick. They got him from Saskatoon, but it was a separate deal. He played in the World Juniors as well, and he's going to help uh, their defense for sure. So, yeah, they the, the Pats will be improved. Um, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd put them on the same level as as Moose Jar or Swift Current, but they're definitely better than they were. Right. But you would think, as a Mastercard Memorial Cup host, you should be instead of being just slightly above 500. They have got to be better than that, and they should be now. Um, but that's you know it's a lot of pressure, and we found that out here in Red Deer a few years ago. What that's yeah. like.
0: So yeah, absolutely.
1: I can yeah, I can totally uh, sympathize with what they're going through. But, yeah, when and they, hey, they, they had to throw a lot of picks and prospects out there over the last few days. Like, I mean, they pushed their chips to the middle just like everybody else did.
0: Okay, so I, I just want to wrap up with the Oil Kings trade. Davis Kosh and a conditional third rounder going to Vancouver for Brendan Semchuk and Todd Scott. I know you don't see the Giants as much, but can you tell us anything about Semchuk and Scott who are coming to Edmonton?
1: Well, I haven't watched Scott play so I don't have an opinion on him but I have watched Semchuk. Uh good player for sure. Uh I, he skates well, I handles the puck well. I and he does a lot of things well. Uh Davis Kosh is the type of guy that could very well be like he's a 19-year-old player. He could very well be a 20-year-old next year for Vancouver. Um so I mean that's uh that's the type of deal for Vancouver you might land up having him for two seasons. Which is probably the upside of that for the for the Giants and Kosh is a very good player, but Edmonton gets a little bit younger. They add some depth in net. Um, They got a pick coming their way as well, a third rounder this year. So yeah, it's that one. You know, it wasn't a blockbuster by any means, but it seems to fit the needs of both clubs. I think Vancouver was looking to improve themselves for right now. They'd like to win a round in the playoffs. And for Edmonton, in the same situation like Red Deer is in kind of a sell mode right now, they get a little bit younger and they add a pick.
0: Cam this is uh this is really going to be uh, interesting and, and I think you're right a potential moose jaw swift current series in the second round likely yeah. the top two teams in the overall standings this is going to be a memorable stretch drive and a memorable playoffs in the Western Hockey League thanks for checking in buddy I really appreciate you giving us an idea of how and why it broke down the way it did see you soon okay yeah anytime thanks reed as cam moon checking in love having him on the show does the play by play for the Red Deer Rebels I mean moose jaw this season Is 33 six and three. (laughs) Like just incredible. And Swift Current is 29. 10-3, and and they both uh, add some big players, and of course, Swift Current coached by Manny Vivrios, who we had on the face-off show yesterday, Edmonton product, and uh, he's the coach and GM of the Broncos. It's Inside Sports on 630, Chet. We'll update the scoreboard when we get back, and I also want to tell you that some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Book the Rumpus Room for up to 12 of your closest friends and dig in for a family-style picnic at NorthChickenYEG.com. There are 124 Fourth Street, hundred and seventh Ave. Great spot. We're coming right back.
2: Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, six thirty, Chad.
0: Okay, so Ottawa leads Toronto 3-2, five minutes into the third period. One other NHL game, it is 1-1 late in the second period between the Wild and the Blackhawks. The uh, Edmonton Oil Kings in action. Just want to make sure I got the latest score here. And the Oil Kings have gone ahead in Regina 3-2. They're about a minute and a half into the third period. That's your scoreboard tonight. That trade in the NHL. Chicago gets Anthony Duclair and Adam Clendenning from Arizona. Arizona gets Richard, uh, Richard Panik and Laurent Dauphin from the Chicago Blackhawks. All-star rosters announced in the NHL. We already knew Connor McDavid was going to be on the Pacific Division team as the captain. No other Oilers name to the team. Remember, it's the three-on-three format, Tampa Bay this year. The rest of the Pacific Division team, Besser, Goudreau, Kopitar, Neal, Raquel, Burns, Doughty, ekman Larson, Flurry, and Quick. Well, as you uh, you probably know, the uh, future is in uh, limbo for FC Edmonton, not going to be in the North American Soccer League. There is a Canadian Premier League aiming to start in 2019, and Edmonton hoping to be in that league. And to find out a little more about that, we're going to bring Nathan Teleski onto the show. Nathan, you're on with Reed. How are you doing?
4: Not too bad. Thanks for having me on
0: tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. It, it's good to talk to you because you're part of a, of an interesting group here, and I'll let you define, define it. It's called YEG 4 CPL. Uh, so yep. CPL is obviously the the Canadian Soccer League that they're getting rolling here. Who are you guys? What are you trying to do?
4: Uh, it's it's a very interesting questions because uh, I think to some degree we haven't quite defined ourselves quite deliberately uh, to some degree. Um, what happened in uh, late 2017 is like you'd said. FC Edmonton ceased professional operations. Uh, they still continue on their academy system, um, but uh, pro soccer effectively ended in Edmonton um, in late uh, November uh, this year. And, and since that point, we've had a lot of conversations with some of the more hardcore FC Edmonton supporters, uh, and just being unsatisfied and feeling like the the uh, there was continuation. There should have been some more pro soccer in this city. Uh, one of the things that Tom Fast was very clear on when he um, announced that he was closing down the pro side of FC Edmonton was that the sustainability wasn't there in the city at the time. Uh, it wasn't there for the NASL um, and he wasn't sure that it would be there for the CPL. Uh, one of those things that he really picked on was uh, fan sustainability and getting enough people out there and showing that there was a passion and interest for the sport at a pro level in the city. So what we're looking to do is kind of uh, be that funnel to show to channel all that uh, passion, all that energy, all the interest in pro soccer in Edmonton uh, to the pro club, uh, and show Tom Fass and Dave Fass that there is that interest, and um, hopefully we can look to relaunch in this brand-new league that has uh, just announced today, launching in spring 2019.
0: Well, that's an interesting thing you're doing, because I I think a lot of times with sports, even though the fans are relied on for support, often financially, uh, sometimes fans feel a little powerless to actually affect change. I don't know if you listen to the first 45 minutes of fans complaining about offside reviews in the (laughs) NHL, So I think if most fans could do something about it, it'd be different. So so you're you're a group, you're trying to show that there's interest here. Uh, But First of all, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the CPL wants to launch in 2019, and didn't they just correct. name a commissioner?
4: They named a commissioner today. Actually, um, a large. Uh, there's been very, very little announced from the CPL, and uh, today uh, they announced the first commissioner, and uh, the launch date uh, was also uh, released. And I believe the same. Um, Uh, article is the same uh, press release, too. Okay. so Not not an official date, just a a sense, spring 2019. Right,
0: so do you you think they're going to almost use the CFL as a model? I mean, is there any existing league you could compare it to?
4: Um, There's a few rumors and speculation that have flown around for years. Uh, CFL was uh, rumored for a long time to be tied to the CPL. Um, not quite sure where that comes in now. I know there are quite a few teams that uh, are tied to CFL teams. Okay. Uh, Hamilton will believe Winnipeg uh, are both of those examples. Those are the two official announced teams as we're standing right now. There are a lot of um, rumors and speculations, like I said about other cities that are coming on board. Uh, a lot of the articles that were released today were' saying anywhere from 10 to 50, 10, yeah, 10 to 15 in the first year we're kind of being looked at. Uh, as really solid uh, bids and really solid uh, chances of getting in, in, in for spring 2019. So there's still a lot of announcements left to come uh, over the next 12 months, essentially.
0: Okay. All right. Nathan Teleski joining us. The group is YEG for CPL. Uh, you can go to my Twitter account and, and see their handle and find out more and all that kind of stuff. So I got to ask you this, Nathan. Uh, I don't know if you ever listen to the show. But unfortunately, a lot of times when we talk about FC Edmonton, it's struggling. I mean, Tom Fath has, has, has come in in the, in the past and talked. Uh, I've told my story about working for the Edmonton Drillers indoor team almost 20 years ago. The former owner, Wojciech Wojcicki, came in. So I I think there's skepticism about pro soccer everlasting long-term in Edmonton. And I will say, the Fats have done a hell of a job and shown a hell of a commitment uh, with FC Edmonton, but the future is still kind of in doubt. So what do you say to the skeptics who are just kind of throwing their arms up and saying, oh, come on, another try for a pro soccer team? Give me a break.
4: Yeah, I think that there's a few different responses to that, because I think that there's the 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 old um the people that might uh, enjoy the sport but are kind of like oh it'll never work in edmonton and then point points like you said the num- numerous examples that have uh, tried and failed over the last little while um to those people i would say you know look at 2017 in comparison to pretty much any year earlier for t- for fc edmonton um the attendance skyrocketed uh and not that they were attracting massive massive crowds but it almost i want to say it doubled in size almost or it was uh, at least a 60 to 70 percent increase Uh, Over any other year, pretty much. Um, So the the interest is definitely there, and I think that um, you'd be you you couldn't debate the fact that soccer in this country and the city is the most played youth sport that there is. Uh, It it is insanely popular, and I think that uh, in the past there's been a lot of targeting, uh, maybe some mismarketing and and things like that. I think that. Jay Ball, uh, the GM of FC Edmonton, did a fantastic job in 2017 of really identifying certain crowds and and bringing them in. Uh, I think that the the people that are a bit harder and uh, are often the ones that... uh we've really come up against in in this not just this endeavor but you know supporters groups and and that whole culture is the people that just don't like soccer um... and then kind of right. uh, throw it away and say oh we should be playing uh, especially at Clark you know there's that whole minor football uh... passion there yeah. and uh, which is fantastic
0: Oh, we've talked about that nathan <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure um...
4: but but it, and i i would say that uh, i think that there's absolutely every opportunity for another pro team to exist in the city um, most recently, Edmonton has lost, I guess, the ability to host the Canadian Final Rodeo and I've seen numerous people bemoaning the fact that Edmonton just can't keep pro sports around. Like you said, Tom Fass is incredibly committed to this and I have no doubt that if he could say that it was sustainable from a sponsorship and financial level, as well as he knew that there would be people in the stands, and I'm not thinking that he's, he's not thinking to fill Commonwealth Stadium or something like that. He's looking to bring in enough people that he's not going to turn a huge profit, not going to turn a profit at all, but make sure that it's sustainable and it's going to continue on for years without him throwing literally millions of dollars into it. Right. Um, So I think that there's a balance there.
0: Nathan, I'm in the final minute. Give me uh, 20 seconds on how people can uh, reach out or or get involved with you guys or if you're meeting or anything like that.
4: Absolutely. We're actually meeting on Friday at uh, Urban Tavern, and everybody is more than welcome to come down. We're going to be meeting from 5.30 onwards until we're finished talking and figuring out how we're going to get this uh, really uh, moving, how to get people really passionate. If you're looking for more information or looking to get a hold of me or any of the other guys that are kind of leading this charge, you can go to yeg for cpl on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, definitely reach out. We'd love to have it. Uh, one of the things that I keep hearing is that to build a community, you need to sit down and have uh, 100 cups of coffee with people. Uh, we're more than willing to have that 100 cups of coffee to build this community to support soccer or 100 pints. We're open to both. We we love our beer. So <laughs> All right. uh, definitely come on down to Urban Tavern. Uh, it'll be a good time.
0: Nathan, thanks for the update. Keep in touch, okay? All the best. Absolutely. Same to you, and thanks so
4: much for having me on.
0: That is Nathan Teleski, Y-E-G for CPL is the group. You also heard from Cam Moon, Stuart Skinner, Joan Carrillo, and Kelly Rudy. Kellen Kennedy is the studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. This has been Inside Sports. Adler is next. Thanks for listening.